Welcome to Joyosity. I'm Jen Whitmer. I'm a speaker, consultant, and joy bringer, helping you create positive culture with complex people. Because listen, that's all we got. I'm thrilled you were here. So get yourself ready. Grab your multiple beverages, get your speaker, your headphones connected so we can dive in. True leadership requires more than just surface level strategies. It requires a profound connection to everything that makes us human. Each week, I have conversations with experts and leaders and you. If you're listening live, introduce yourself in the comments. Let us know where you are in the world and maybe what's in that mug on your desk. We're connecting as humans, remember? These conversations aren't just fun banter and information. Joyosity is so much more than a live show and a podcast. It's a movement, a space where we dare to explore the depths of our own hearts and minds, a liminal space where you are free to play around and beta test your own growth, sort of like a test kitchen lab for your leadership skills. It's where you discover that real joy has deep roots, a playground to find the hidden truths, the ideas waiting to be explored, and the untamed potential that lies within you. We're not just hanging out in idea land. We're talking about the best actions that develop you as a person and hone your skills as a leader. If you're an experienced leader or just starting out, Joyosity is the community for you. Join us every Monday live at 1 p.m. Eastern on LinkedIn and YouTube for a dose of inspiration and practical advice. Whether you are live in the comments or catching the podcast later, we're here to help you create a place where work is a joy, people are whole, and organizations flourish. Let's go. Welcome to Monday Mentor. I'm Jen Whitmer, and I help teams and leaders solve conflict, cultivate communication, and create really empowered teams. And every week, I bring on a guest that shares their expertise with us to help you become a better leader and create a really great team. And this week, I am really excited about my new friend, Marley Major. She is uh, CEO of The Party Goddess. And looking into her work, I was so excited because she has been an A-list celebrity planner for people like Pierce Bronson and Sofia Vergara. And her business work has gotten her in all the publications you want to be in. I could list them all. We'd be here for forever. Uh, but I really want to get to her today. So let's welcome Marley. Well, I'm as excited to be here as you are to, to chat. So I love this kind of stuff. And I, I love your interviews. And I just love like learning, especially when it's in kind of nice chunks that we can all digest. Yes, yes. That is the good part. We've got just like a little nugget. You can take it and go apply. It's not the it's not all of it all at one right. time. Right. Yes. Well, thank you so much for being here today. And if you are here in the comments, let us know where you're coming in from. And if you've got questions, just drop them in there as well. And we'll make sure we get to them. If you're catching the replay, let us know you're on the replay. And we'll make sure and come back and get those questions. So I always love to start with a story um, and a little bit of your story about how did you get here? How did you become a party goddess who then helps entrepreneurs with all of these great strategies? Give us a little bit about how this happened. So I got here like a lot of entrepreneurs by accident. Um, I write goals, have written goals my whole life. I totally believe in them. And it's hilarious when you write the goals, then you think you're just only on your way to meet those goals. And you don't realize sometimes that along with them, 
kind of comes some extra stuff that you add to your Easter basket. And so I set out, I started in the restaurant business and, and just like you were saying that the publications I've been in, I can't spend that much time on the story because we literally be here the whole time. But I got my business degree from Georgetown and I needed to do an interview or I needed to, to write a paper and do a speech on what I knew more about than anybody else. And that was nothing at Georgetown. So my mom was like, why don't you do it on French cooking? Because I had just come back from, from cooking school in Paris and she was like, there's no way those kids know more than that, about you than that. So I thought, okay, cool. So I ran into my professor while I'm you know heading downtown to develop photos because that's how old I am. And I'm like, oh my gosh, and I'm so excited. Um, I love your class. I'm in it. This is what my topic. And I said, and I'm interviewing the chef from 1789. Well, I had never thought of interviewing the chef from 1789, which is a pretty fancy restaurant and long established restaurant in DC. And I certainly had no connections to the chef at 1789. And of course she's like, that's the greatest. Oh my gosh. So I go home in tears because I'm now convinced I'm going to get kicked out of Georgetown for lying, like before I've even presented. And my roommate is like, no worries. They have this new chef from New York. He is too new to know that he can say no. So, cause you know, chefs have kind of notoriously like big egos. So she's like, I'll put on board, we'll see. So I was like, all I need to do is just meet the guy. So I'm not lying. So I meet him, I take him, I didn't need to marry him. And literally, and then I'm like, well, now I've got a double task cause I've got to interview him and get the stuff for my speech. But now I've also got to figure out how I'm going to marry him. And this kitchen is in the uh, basement there. And I'm just like, I'm never even going to see him again, let alone marry him. So I wormed my way into saying that basically I was fluent in Spanish, which he wasn't. And I figured that would be a natural entry point. And then the second thing I realized was, oh, okay. He also, they, they had souffles on the menu. So I was like, well, of course I'm this amazing souffle person since just having come back from France. So he was like, oh, really? Okay, great. So net net, I tried to warn my way in there and I was like, oh, I think I need to do follow up for my interview. And he was very skeptical, but he let me do it. And then the bottom line is I got a job there. And so I would work three days a week from 3.30 to 11.30 every day, or excuse me, three days a week after I would get out of school at 2.30. And I was like thinking I'm on my way to my next goal of marrying this guy. And then of course he never asked me out. I mean, for like a billion reasons. And oh, I <laughs> he was 20 years older than I was. So here I am at 19. And then I went to cooking school in Normandy the following summer. And then I was like, okay, plotted all summer how I was going to quit and ruin his life. Because I was, of course, you know, his best employee since I pick up any shift ever. And I go and tell him I'm quitting. It's my senior year. I have too much. And he's like, oh, okay, would you like to go out to dinner? And I was like, freaking all I do is quit. So anyway, he and I went out to dinner, got engaged a month after graduation. Then what do you do when you marry a chef? If you ever want to see them, you start a restaurant. So he and I started a restaurant in California. And this is where the story, of course, gets messy. You know, they, it's like, you know, a horror movie, not a horror movie, but it's kind of like where things start to go off the tracks for one of the first times. <laughs> and they very much go off the tracks. It, they go on the tracks very well, but they also go very off the tracks. So we go back to my whole goal setting thing. And I had set a goals of doing a million dollars or more in sales a year, like right off the gate, which I did at 22. But I, even though ha I had a business degree from Georgetown, I seemed to miss the fact that you need to have, you can't do a million in sales and then spend 1.1. Like, yeah, you need the goal, but you didn't have a very good goal to start with. So that was kind of my, and I had all kinds of excuses for it. And I was overwhelmed and I was this and that. And I was a creative person and how could I possibly and blah, blah, blah. Well, the bottom line was, you know, it's not great to be in a situation where you're married to your spouse and already having these kind of troubles. So by then we had started a catering company and taken over a banquet operation. 
And I was like, okay, well, now we've got issues. I'm, we're, I'm ha- I have a very bad skiing accident. Fortunately, God works in strange ways. Um, we had been getting a ton of offers to partner up with the restaurant because we owned the land. And so I was like, no way. And my dad was like, you're crazy because you can go off and do events, which is what you really love anyway. So who cares? And I was like, no, because I'll have failed. You know, like our egos are so trenched in this. So finally, after the skiing accident, <laughs> I couldn't walk. I was on crutches. I, it was a disaster. And I was like, okay, my flag is up. Like even I can surrender. It's either writing on the wall. So I am. Um, we partnered up with this restaurant group, turned out to be the best thing we ever did. It took a long time to, for me to accept that, but I went off and in 2000 started the party goddess. And so here I am at one of the lowest points of my life because now I'm getting divorced. I have a one-year-old. I'm like, I totally have failed, even though in the end it turned out to be a great decision. It just didn't feel that way. So I was like, how am I going to differentiate myself from all these other planners? That has always been in the back of my mind. Like LA and New York at the time were so, so, so competitive. And so what do you do? And I figured the one thing I could do is get celebrity clients because I was like, it's like, if you have a celebrity client, all of a sudden you must know, you must be the best, even though that's, we know that's baloney, but you might be really good, but you're not necessarily the best just because you have celebrity clients. So it's like, okay, what am I going to do? And I certainly, you know, didn't have any celebrities to pitch. So I found a friend of mine and I'm telling her my goals. And she's like, hey, I have a friend who's a publicist. And the publicist got me. She's like, yes, we can do this. We're going to send them gift certificates. And all of a sudden I was like, what? I was like, how is that going to work? But but everybody loves free stuff, right? Including celebrities. So I sent out these, <laughs> these gift certificates. And, and you would think I would send them like to the D-listers. Oh, no, I sent them to everyone. And all of a sudden I started getting calls and then that really changed my life forever because I went from, oh yeah, I know I do good events and my clients are happy, but now it was like, if you're published in Us Weekly, you must really know what you're talking about, you know, like, cause you wouldn't be in there if you didn't. So that really changed, that really changed my life and kind of set my career going for the party goddess. Now how I got to writing a book and whatever, that's a little bit of a different story, but that's how I got to that piece. That is an amazing story. I mean, like you started, I had to start writing things down because you said so many great things that we could pull out to talk about um, as people who are entrepreneurs or those of you who are in corporate life. And that's what I love about stories because stories help us see ourselves in each other's story, in each other's lives. And I think the first thing I want to ask you is a little bit about, I mean, first of all, I love the goal of how do I get this guy to marry me? That was amazing. But really like the power of setting that goal, like why did, why did goal setting help you so much? Like, okay, this is where I want to go. Why was that valuable to you? So I always, drunk the Kool-Aid about goal setting. I don't know when first, I know, I do know that it was very, very, very early where, whether you want to call it manifestation or, you know, I, I knew it as goal setting long before manifestation came around, but it just made sense to me, right? That you would hear when you're talking about goal setting or manifesting, like you can't hit a target you can't see. And I was like, oh, that's perfect. That's true. Like yeah. if, if I have to close my eyes and I'm like, okay, where am I? I forget, like, where's the camera? Where's the but if I write it down, then at least my subconscious has a direction. And totally. so I thought all those times when I'm tired or kind of not paying attention, maybe this guidance system can kind of keep heading me in the right direction. 
it certainly seemed like not a lot of effort for a potentially huge reward. Now mm -hmm. I have since learned the magic of it and that you've yeah. got to really be very careful with what your goals are and make sure you qualify them and not just say, hey, I have a million in sales, but you have a profit with a, a minimum of X amount of yeah. profit, that kind of thing. Because the universe or God or whoever you believe in will deliver all those things to you. If well, you there's so much. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, and, and you know, I would cut them out because I'm a very visual person. I would write them down. I mean, I was like, you know, they say act as if I was 100% acting as if. I mean, it wasn't saying this is my client, but I, you know, was having my pub, my, not my publicist, my a graphic artist like superimpose my face onto Forbes and like Forbes, most powerful. She's like, what are you doing? And I was just like, what? <laughs> this is what you're supposed to do. You got to be able to visualize it. And Lord, I visualized You did it. You did it. Well, there's so much power in that. And you've, you know, you've said like it was early on and then you saw the effects of it. And we could talk about the research, you know, like you're 60% more likely to achieve your goal if you just write it down, right. even if it's not incredibly specific, but the right. more specific you get, the more guided you are. And and I tend to write mine. I have a big whiteboard over here that you can't see. Yeah. And I write my top three goals for the quarter yeah. over there because otherwise I'm like a sheep. Like, what am I doing? Bah. You know, <laughs> like, where am I going? <laughs> All it takes is like that bright, shiny object. Oh, there. my gosh. Oh, wait, is that a magpie? Oh, look, is that foil? <laughs> is that a goal? Is that a million dollars? Oh, here I go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So if you are, you know, just to underline this point, if you are like, hey, I really want that vice president position, write right. it down. If you want Afterwards. the million dollars in sales, revenue versus profit, make sure you get specific and right. <laughs> write and it down. Vice president of what? Exactly. Yes. Exactly. That, I could, you know, if I wrote that down, I'd end up being vice president of the dog catcher show. So <laughs> right. I better write down vice president of what? Exactly. Making X amount in that role. And then this sounds really crazy, but I would literally start going to work dressed a little bit closer to how the mm -hmm. vice president is dressed, right? Yeah. If the vice president uses XYZ apps. To, you know, I know you did a fabulous interview um, uh, with uh, Diana about systems and all those things. Well, yes. the vice president has those systems, man, you drill down and you make sure you are using those systems. You know, whatever you're trying to attain, just step into those shoes like you're an actress for the day playing vice president because your mind doesn't know any differently. It, yeah, it, just, it does because oh, it sees it that way. And I would even add to that when you're writing your goals specifically for life, that yeah. what is the quality of life you also want? I want to be making this much money and have this much time with my family. And I want it to feel like this. I want it to feel peaceful right. and not stressful or what, what you want. Huge. That is important too. So, so valuable. Yeah. yeah. So I want to, the other thing I really want to grab onto is something you said is that you're like, I'm at the lowest point of my life and it just feels like failure. And I think we all shy away from the idea that failure is actually part of the process. I mean, I know I hate that truth, but so talk to us a little bit about like, you were like, oh, I did this and I did this. And then it was, Ugh. you know, like that, that gloss over is a little, is, can be easy for us to see like, oh, she did this. And that's why it was so easy for her. Right. But well, talk about how the failure helps shape your success. Well, the failure is quite frankly, everything, right? I don't, mm. I don't know about you, but I don't make a lot of headway when I'm just crushing it and closing every deal with a high profitable, highly profitable client and I'm traveling where I want to travel. I don't because I you get kind of lazy, right? You start sitting on your laurels and you don't, 
you don't need to come up with anything new. When I have always come up with the new system or the hire the new person or come up with a new strategy, it's because, wait, something isn't working. I'm failing with an ING. I haven't failed because that means you've given up. I'm ING-ing. Yes. And I want to turn this around, and which also goes with the goals because you've written it down so you know you're not hitting them. And then you say, okay, what do I do? And and I should be just the universal person to talk to about failure because I've had literally so many of them and they've all been so public and I just decided to fricker. I might as well just talk about them before anybody else did, right? So at least I could get my positioning out. And yeah. But people don't realize how low the lows are. I mean, now people are starting to talk more about mental health and things like that. And I think with that is going to come talking about failure, et cetera, because it's much more acceptable and people are like, oh, wow, he even had that, you know, or so-and-so even didn't want, didn't think they had it to get up the next day and, and crush that. Yeah. And it is literally crushing. We can talk about mindset and all those things, but what it is, is it's kind of like mindset plus perseverance, no matter what, you just have to be like, I don't care. I am just going to keep going because this yes. is what I want. And those are the people, in my opinion, who succeed, the ones who are just willing to do to get up the thousand nine hundredth time when everybody mm -hmm. else stopped at nine. Yeah. And gave up. It's so, it's so, so true. I was joking last week. I was in the middle of something. I'm like, this is stupid. I should just get up, give up and go back to doing, <laughs> I was just like, exactly. I mean, we all have those moments. And I was listening to this amazing book um, this weekend that was interviews with Paul Simon, with Malcolm Gladwell, and another man that I can't remember right now. But they were talking about this research and Paul Simon fitting this category that it was experiment and fail, experiment and fail. And that's the longevity of success. Well, and that's the, that's how you learn. That's how, you know, it's like Edison, which we've all heard of. 10,000 times yeah. that he failed this many times, but it really is true. If you take the failure and then you write it into your next recipe and you're like, okay, I now know this, this, and this doesn't work. Yes. So I'm going to try this, this, and this, but mm -hmm. unless somebody has gone before you, you don't have a choice, but to try that out, you have to just, and then you, and then the, the key is, is to fail faster, right? The key yeah. is to recognize it sooner instead of like a year from now, like I can kind of recognize when things are going off the tracks, thank God, a lot more quickly than I could before. Or I'm just sort of like, oh, it's been too soon. I mean, it's a double-edged sword. But yeah. now it's like, um, we're not even anywhere near where we should be. And maybe it's just perseverance or maybe it's taking out this whole step and inserting it with something completely different. Sometimes it's re-examining your premise too. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you said that that success is coming from mindset and perseverance. Like those two things really go together. And I see that, you know, sometimes in corporate spaces, it feels really constrictive and you're like, I just can't get there. There's something blocking me. And I think the combination of the two things we've already talked about is like identifying your goal and right. then what's the gap? Like what's the gap there? And then putting in those other ideas, I've got to persevere. I've got to, I can do this. I can do this. Right. But I got to try a different way. Right. Um, and sometimes that means at a different company. Sometimes that means getting really creative and going to somebody else and saying, Hey, I want to do this. 
is right. there room for that? Right. Um, and I think you've shown that so well for entrepreneurs and being and how you got clients. And that's the the last thing I want to talk about is really your audacity. I just love you're like I'm not going for the D list. We're, we're going to the top. How did that's you get that? Because when I went to my first industry convention and I was dragged there by one of my friends and he was like, okay, you've got this. You're going to introduce yourself as the party guy. So I was like, what? Like, like, can't you still see me crying from three o'clock? It's only five. Like, I, I'm, I'm going to cry while I'm talking to you. It's like, you've got this. And sure enough, they're like, oh, and you are, you know? And I was like, oh, my company's called the party goddess. And I was in the fake until you make it zone till I felt like, and they were like, the what? You know, it was like every single Thing that could just rush up on the beach and be like, see, you're an idiot. And, but the benefit of that was that I am very, very competitive. And even if I'm down, I'm still competitive. And I was like, hell no. I was like, I will crush you one day. Like I will eat you for breakfast. And then I did, right? And, and that has stayed with me. Obviously I'm talking about it 23 years later. So mm -hmm. clearly, uh, it left an impression, but it, it, it's, it is about the mindset, but you can have a mindset and be like, yes, and repeat your affirmations, which I do. I believe in all that stuff, but there's a grit that a lot of people just don't realize. There's a reason why grit and perseverance and why all these platitudes on quote boards and stuff are there is because yeah. it's not easy. It's yeah. a four letter word grit, but when push comes to shove, it is not easy. To yeah, actually show up. Yeah, because it's painful. But what we discover, I mean, I really believe this, that everything good in life is on the other side of something that's painful. Yes. And no every every great thing. And, and you just have to, the only way out is through. And, yeah. and I know those are like just kind of funny phrases, but they, it's really true. I have discovered that over and over and over again. And I think you have demonstrated that in your life. Well, it's, an, it's think of it this way. If, you, we don't often, like how many times when, when you say to somebody, hey, how are you, right? They're not like, great, I'm feeling very vibrant and I have tons of energy. I just switched to green tea and, you know, my, no, if they say, they'll say like, oh, I'm good. Or they'll say, I, oh my gosh, I'm feeling this way. I feel lousy. I blah, 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 I hurt my back, whatever. The point I'm trying to make is that you only know to appreciate health when you don't have it. Mm -hmm. So you have to not have it to be like, I do not ever want, you can think of it like a hangover. You're like, I do not ever want to be here again. I'm fine. Maybe being a little slow the next day. I'm not fine closing everything down and non-functioning for two days, you know? And, but that's really the difference is, is, is you have to have the contrast. You don't know what else is out there until you know what a bad flight on an airline looks like, right? <laughs> Yes. Do you know a good one? Having had one last week, I, that feels real close to home. <laughs> You're like, oh, sweet Jesus. I will get the miles. I will get the whatever I have. I will pay what I need to pay. I am never. You know, or like that one airline, Spirit Air or something, where the person took like the photo, they were like taping the wing together or something. That's enough for me to go, I don't care that it was $200 less. I'm out. You know, yeah, duct tape and planes and I are not going to fly. <laughs> well, I just love the, you know, like setting the goals that that and writing them down, being specific, seeing in failure, the ability to learn and move forward and keep moving toward that goal, that keep moving aspect of it. And then I just, 
I love the audacity of like, I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to go for the big thing. Cause I think we limit ourselves often far more than other people limit us. Always and, because we're seeing yeah. ourselves, how could I do that? We're thinking through the mechanics. Yeah. Just do well, it. I, just <laughs> freaking do it. I mean, yeah. put it this way. The way I looked at it, I couldn't feel any worse. I'm like, <laughs> I'm already kind of like, Oh, 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 you know, going to <laughs> party with like circles under my eyes. I mean, I guess it could get worse. I could like break my leg at the cocktail party, but in the meantime, just just decide what you want to do and then let it play out that it didn't work, right? Mm -hmm. But don't decide ahead of time that it's not going to work. But the, the other thing I want to really like underscore in our last second or before we, we change course is that it is messy. So not only do I yeah. think people not talk about failure, they don't talk about how messy it is. Like when you're a new mom and you bring the baby home, all anybody sees is these beautiful photos on Instagram. They don't realize the kid just barfed, the kid is pooping over here. It is messy and there is no other way around it. And that's the same with me. When I'm going through something with work and I'm trying to build a new system, it is not fun. Nobody yeah. likes me. I don't <laughs> like them. My God. I mean, I'm not saying anybody needs to quit, but I'm just saying it's not a pleasant process. So if you get into it and you're like, oh my gosh, like, is it supposed to be like this? The answer is yes. Yes. Like, You're probably doing it right then. <laughs> yeah. When you jump in and clean a chicken coop, it is not, it is messy, period. Totally. And it's so good. I have a friend who's in the middle of writing a book right now, and she's just in the super, super messy part. And I was just talking to her this morning, and she's like, oh, I hate this part. And I was like, yeah, it'll probably get a little bit worse. And then it's just, it's going to click. And it's gonna and it's gonna move forward. And it, we all get in that process. And it's so, yeah. If you're, it's messy. It's so messy. And you're probably yeah. doing it right at that point. Yeah. I, you know, one of the things that you said to me in, um, I have a little form when our guests come on, so I get to know a little bit more about them. And one of my favorite things that Marley said was, yeah. one, that she's funny, so and but she, people think you're funny, and you don't know why. And I'm like, you are funny, <laughs> and it's because you so willingly share. The yucky stuff and nobody wants to share that stuff and we find that funny because i we identify and so i love that you brought your full self today in in your story and who you are so i'm going to tell my kids they don't know what they're talking about <laughs> right <laughs> that's right you're funny i you tell like everyone, i'm a freaking riot that's what and your friends love me that's what i tell yeah. my kids <laughs> Oh, I'm so sad that we have to end, but please, no. before we go, please tell the people where to find you, how you can help them. This is to the Profit Goddess mini course, but tell us about you and where we can connect with you and how to find you. Sure. So obviously, if you want to talk about event planning stuff, I'm on Instagram at the Party Goddess. If you want to talk about business stuff at the Profit Goddess, but you can buy my book, but are you making any money on Amazon? Would love that. And then the mini Profit Goddess is there's a QR code. I think you guys can or maybe see it. That way. Uh, .com, and you can sign up for this free little training I do and I walk you through like four videos of kind of my system and how I do it and it's very quick and dirty but you'll realize like I love this or it's not for me but you will see how at the end of the day once you decide to, to fix it you can fix it pretty easily so good. So good. Well, I hope that those of you who are listening and even watching the replay that you can see your next goal. Like that's my little challenge for you yeah. is to write down that next goal. And then if you want bonus points, share it and tag us because we love, love huge bonus points. 
I would love to see those bonus points because that's going to make such a difference for you yeah. in your entrepreneurial career, your corporate career. For everybody, all yes. that forward stuff, you don't know who sees a hashtag. Yes. You just heard the best business tip or you don't know who's on the other side having a really bad day where they maybe are at the point where I can't do this anymore. We've all been there. Yes. So you've done somebody's scrolling and they go, and they're like, okay, one more time I can do it. You know? <laughs> yes. Oh, so good. So good. I just want to talk forever, but we have to close up. <laughs> um, if you, if this is your first time you've come to watch Marley, thank you so much for being here. I am here every week at Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern. Next week, we have Hannah Hasma, who is a former creative director talking about being a creative leader um, and the challenges and the benefits of being a creative leader. So please join us next week for that. Thank you so much for being here, Marley. I'm so, so grateful. And um, maybe we could do this again because oh, absolutely. Why not? <laughs> wow. so many goals to meet and discuss. So many. All right. Thank you so much, everybody. So let me put my coach hat on for just a sec. Don't just leave this here. Take a moment. What did you learn? What's your next tiny action step? Share this episode with someone and tell them. Connect with us to keep this conversation going. As always, I'm Jen Whitmer. Thank you for listening to Joyosity. I don't take for granted that your earballs have a lot of information coming at you. Please take a moment to rate and subscribe. It really helps more people join us in creating positive culture with complex people. So work is a joy, people are whole, and organizations flourish. Can't wait for you to join us next week.